it's time to take off on the Award Travel 101 podcast. Helping you maximize your travel rewards, no matter your destination or budget. Now here are your hosts, Award Travel 101 Community Managers, Angie Sparks and Joseph Petrovic, to help you do extraordinary things on ordinary money. Earning points is easy, but finding award flights can be tough. Wouldn't it be great to get alerts when that elusive award space opens up? Thrifty Traveler Premium does just that. Thrifty Traveler's army of flight deal analysts are searching 24-7 for flight deals. And it's not just cash, but it's for those valuable award flights too. Plus, they've recently simplified their membership tiers to give everyone access to their Premium Plus tiers. You can set filters to only get the type of alerts you are interested in, whether that be domestic, international, economy, or business. Or if you love the unique one-off flights, check out their new Nerd Alert feature. Never miss another award deal by subscribing to Thrifty Traveler Premium. Use the promo code AT101 for $10 off your first year of Thrifty Traveler Premium Plus and get deal and award alerts straight to your inbox. Welcome back to the Award Travel 101 podcast. We're at episode 40, and I'm joined today with Mike Zacchio. Hey, Mike. Hey, Joseph. How you doing? I'm hanging in there. Funny to be recording this late at night. Normally, uh, we're not jumping in uh, uh, so late, and hopefully our brains aren't too frazzled. Yeah, but- yeah I've got to get the kids to bed and uh, clear the deck before we can focus <laughs> on it. So let's jump into the post of the week from Kevin Wilson. And I think this really summarizes my whole feeling on the whole award travel field. And he mentioned that, you know, sometimes it's about traveling and flying in Q suites and overwater bungalows. And then sometimes it's just being able to make your kids games and do things by rebooking a flight and or getting a new flight to be able to do something that, you know, would have been a disappointment had you not been there. Yeah, that's for sure. And that that's kind of, you know, that post did resonate with me because that's kind of how I feel like my life is now because I have these aspirational trips and, you know, that are that are booked, that are, you know, constantly evolving or I have in my future plans. But then I also have, you know, lots of stuff with the family. And sometimes it's going to my daughter's softball game or gymnastics meet or swimming with my son or something that's, you know, maybe not, earth shattering, but it's still, you know, very important. And the points and miles definitely make that easier and more affordable. So then we can focus on the more important things in life. Absolutely. And with that, let's jump into some news. We have some year end strategies on the award wallet blog on how to wrap up your elite status chasing. How are you standing with your plans so far, Mike? So I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Not, not, I think as as far ahead as I thought I would be, Hyatt, I'm I'm pretty much locked up. I actually was doing the math, and I'm going to end at right now. What I have booked, I have 69 nights. I'll probably squeak out one more to just hit 70, get the the sweet upgrade or the the extra 10,000 points. Hilton, obviously, I'll requalify for Diamond, but I've kind of been doing it the hard way because I just have the surpass card, and you know, you guys. Last week talked about those changes. And one thing that I that I have been doing is I'm spending for the free night award. And in the process this year, Hilton's actually still awarding points towards status from credit card spend. Mm-hmm. So I actually looked recently and and I looked, I'm like only a few thousand points away from requalifying for diamond again. Again, that's not quite as earth shattering or 
quite as big of a deal as as Globalist, but it still has its perks. And you know, people would say, "You well, why don't you just get the Aspire?" Well, I did try, and I found, uh, unfortunately, kind of like <laughs> Allison's P. Drew. I'm in Amex pop up jail, so not eligible for the bonus. So it's really not worth getting it right now. Of course, they want me to upgrade. They send me all these offers to upgrade all the time, but no points. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm going to you know skirt out another year just with the the surpass and that qualification to diamond and you know, do okay. And then as far as airlines go, I, I actually did some soul searching and realized that I'm probably not going to be able to qualify for anything higher than United Silver. I Last year, I you know through a combination of work travel and some lowered requirements, I was able to make platinum. This year, it's you know how the how the cards fell. I, I just probably not going to make it, and without a lot of concerted effort. And in these last two months, uh, you know, because United ends at the end of the calendar year, I'm just you know I'm not going to. I have a bunch of trips booked on AA and some others, and I'm just not going to really monkey it around to try and hit that. So I'm going to utilize the benefits of my United Club card whatever, you know, silver allows me and, and just focus on American where I should be still still on track for executive platinum again. Yeah, I, I don't know that I will even get status with United this year. Having I was talking about requalifying for silver status, but one of the changes that I made that I'll talk about a little bit later put me 65 PQP away from silver status. So we'll get uh. into that a little bit later. We have another post that we'll leave in the show notes on the best points and miles to use for free flights to Hawaii. I think a lot of our members love to be able to travel to Hawaii. It's one of those aspirational destinations that regardless of whether you fly Southwest, Alaska, first class, you fly something in a live flat seat, doesn't really matter. Getting to Hawaii is one of those places that a lot of people think, hey, this is the ultimate for me. Of course, there's, you know, when you start exploring, there's a lot more to the world than just Hawaii, but it's mm-hmm. one of those places that is just as hard to get to for some of us, you and me on this side of yeah. the, the country, mm-hmm. as it is to get to Europe. In fact, Europe's is easier to get to yeah. Hawaii. There's so. like 47 different ways to get to Europe from the East Coast, and there's, you know, maybe a, a dozen or so to Hawaii. That post will have a lot of great information on how you can use your miles and points to do that. Let's jump into how it's going to become harder if things like this keep happening. Uh, We've got Air Canada and Aeroplan suing Seats.Aero. Have you paid attention to any of this? Um, Yeah, a little bit. You know, I saw the the cease and desist and I think, was it Seats.Aero basically said, we're just going to go about business as usual, you know, (laughs) hope hope for the best, I guess. Because, you know, I guess there is, you know, some some legalese involved because what they're doing, I mean, they're they're just, you know, sourcing public data. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, and, and I think this, it could be a real split opinion in the war travel community. You know, should we use these tools to make these, you know, make it easier for people to find these redemptions or should we kind of protect them a little more? You know, I recently started, well, relatively recently, I guess, compared to others using point.me. And it actually, it came, you know, a few times, it, it just like, not that I rely on it like it's the be all end all, but it just it gives me ideas like if I wasn't thinking about something like like that I could book WestJet nonstop with Delta miles, you know, thing, things that I just haven't thought of. So, you know, it'll be interesting how this how this turns out and it, you know what it means because the 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 game is always evolving. Yeah, the seat, seat side arrow has some interesting 
abilities. And I think being able to look at everything as a from a macro view and look at larger calendars certainly makes it easier for a lot of folks in the community to be able to find those coveted award seats. But the I think some of the arguments from Air Canada mostly are going hard on their use of their trademark signs and symbols and stuff like that. Most of it's not even on the actual searches themselves, but we'll kind of keep an eye on this and see where it goes. And, you know, a lot of the tools, again, are going away expert fire. We talked about a few weeks ago, getting hammered and and losing Star Alliance. So we hate losing those options, but, you know, maybe on the flip side, for some of us who are looking for those award flights, it does get better. So I guess we'll kind of see. Yeah, hopefully we won't have to write to our congressman on this one. (laughs) And finally, news of the week, sweet spots in the world of Hyatt program. A lot of people like using those uh, Mm -hmm. free night award certificates, category one through four. And there are even some of those seven and eights, which if you look at based on cash prices are often considered, again, high value returns. A lot of people, you probably have never heard them discuss Fentana Big Sur before. It's a, it's a super secret in the community. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I got to look into that one. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's ever talked about mm-hmm. that before, but it comes up frequently because the cash prices tend to be so ridiculous and you can still get it for 35 to 45,000 mm-hmm. points. I don't know that it's really worth that myself. I've been there and uh, I have a hard time reviewing that because I look for what it is that I'm getting versus what it is that, you know, they're charging for cash. And I have a hard time comparing the two. Yeah. Yeah, it is tough. And it's, you know, there's, you know, we've debated and there've been previous episodes of, you know, really understanding the value that we're getting comparing to cash price and people throw out all these cents per point. But, you know, to me, it's what's your personal value and what, what points are you, you know, spending to put into that? Like, one of the, actually the first one on the list in that article was the Andaz Maui, which was one of my favorite properties ever. I went there two years ago. It was, at the time it was still a category seven. So it wasn't, wasn't too terrible. It wasn't too bad. I think it was 30,000 points a night, but we had a fantastic time. I mean, based on really all the properties on Maui, other than, you know, maybe the the Four Seasons or the one just... Ritz-Carlton? The, the Ritz-Carlton, yeah, just down the, the beach there. I mean, it was excellent. Or, uh, on, uh, or, or I'm sorry, you're, maybe you were thinking of Grand Wailea. Grand Wailea, yes, Wailea. yes. The, right, the, the town it's in. But yeah, Andaz is, you know, tremendous. You know, and now it's Category A, which kind of stings because you can't use the certs. But I still think it is, it is a very good uh, property. Excellent. Well, with that, let's move on to trip updates. And Mike, it's been a bit since we've right. spoken with you. So jump into what you've done since. Yeah. So yeah, I did, I've done a bit. Hopefully I don't drown on here. One thing uh, that we did with the family was on Labor Day, we went to Niagara Falls, which in in hindsight was was probably not the most opportune time to visit Niagara Falls. Uh, it was a very crowded, both on the American and on the Canadian side. And also it was very hot. It was like eight high 80s. You know, ninety degrees that weekend. We went to go on May of the Mist, the you know the boat that goes around the falls, they wear the ponchos, all that. And we waited in line for about two and a half hours, and it was definitely a, a grueling experience. You know, for me, I hate waiting in lines. I mean, that's a reason I have clear pre-check, 
global entry, all that stuff. Like there was, there was no clear line at the Maid of the Mist. So we had to wait with all the muggles, get online. But the kids, you know, it was a great experience. Kids had a blast. We ended up, after we did that, we went over to the Canadian side, walked Clifton Hill, did some rides and attractions there. And then we stayed one night at the Embassy Suites, Fallview, which they used a, a free night award from Hilton. They ended up, I felt like they, they did play a, f- a few games with recognition of benefits. And they actually offered me an upgrade for Fallsview that I had to pay for. Kind of pushed back on that. They weren't budging. Uh, did the Fallsview upgrade did mean a lot to us. So I did pay for that. It, it was an overall good experience. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, people, you know, since we're so passionate about Hyatt, you know, ask about Hyatt's in uh, Niagara Falls. And it's really not the place to use to, to go to Hyatt. Because there's one on the on the American side, which is just, I mean, you know, you, anybody that know, that's been there knows the American side is just not not the ideal side. And there's nothing on the Canadian side. So there's a number of Hilton and Hyatt properties and, or sorry, uh, Hilton and uh, Marriott properties. And, you know, that that's what we did. So the other noteworthy thing that happened during that time was actually a, a booking. So... As we were in line for Made of the Mist, I got an alert from Thrifty Traveler through my premium subscription. And I saw, you know, also some chats starting to blow up from you guys and some others that, hey, there's this award space on American to Australia. And that's, you know, a, a trip that I have planned coming up in March, birthday trip for myself. I'm on my, I was on my second iteration, you know, <laughs> in, in, in the, in the quest for, you know, having a, the most efficient route, you know, spending less time in, in the air, which, you know, I, I love flying, but even for me, you know, my, my second iteration was, was on Singapore. So to fly from uh, SFO to Singapore to get to Sydney was, was a bit grueling even for me. And I know P2 would probably not be pleased either. So what happened was we got this alert from Thrifty Traveler. I was online for the May of the Mist. We were actually getting very close to, to going down the elevator to go down. And it says, you can book flagship business for 60,000 miles, which is a great deal. This is, you know, saver rate, great deal. So I, I frantically like, oh, they have my dates? Like, oh, they got my dates. Like, let me, let me, let me book it. Let me book it. So like we're walking in, we're walking in the elevator. I finally hit book get the confirmation email just before I get on the elevator and, and we're, we're rebooked. So uh, that, that reconfigured our trip to a total of eight days. Uh, we're actually flying later on. So, so I booked that from LAX to Sydney in, in business. So it's a 15 hour, you know, life flat seat. Perfect. Pretty much direct route. However, to get there from, from, you know, Northwest Pennsylvania area, you know, I got a position to the West coast. And one of our favorite ways to do that is, you know, American on the A321 Transcon, which, you know, you and I have both done, you know, in, in first. But I was able to snag uh, flagship business for 32,000 miles. wonder if uh, you'll get way. that upgraded with the executive platinum status. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's, you know, technically eligible, you know, because I, I don't see I don't see it, you know, you know on my reservation. It might be possible if there's space. Honestly, I don't really care. I mean, I flew, you know, I flew first. I, you know, I did the the flagship first dining when it still existed. You know, I just, you know, and I'm with, you know, with, with my wife, so I I don't have to worry about, you know, because in the, in business is two in two and two right configuration. Don't have to worry about sitting next to a, a rando. 
So for me, it works. And, you know, we have a, and, and that 32,000 is from Cleveland. So it's Cleveland to JFK. We have about like two hours in JFK. So we can enjoy the Greenwich Lounge. Yeah. Uh, and then hop over. We're spending a night in LAX or at the higher Regency LAX. And then we leave the next day on American to Sydney. Overall, you know, pretty good. I'm wondering if, if the Hyatt house might be better. I, I've seen a lot of things and I've been to the, Regency LAX place yeah. and there's goods and bads, but the Hyatt house actually looks a little nicer and they, oh really? I don't know. It might be look interesting to mm. take I'll a peek into that and, and see yeah. if that might be better. I think it was only like a cat three. They're both like uh 15,000 points yeah. a night. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think there was any difference. It's just that the Hyatt house looked like it might be a little newer and nicer than the mm. Regency. Yeah. So I'll check that out. Yeah. Yeah, so at the end of the day, you know, I'm I'm paying ninety two thousand miles to fly from Cleveland to Australia in business class. So not not a bad deal. So I guess, you know, that's and, and that pairs with my Polaris flight on the return that, that we got, you know, we booked months ago okay. for eighty thousand miles. Yeah. So really not not a bad deal. The the moral of the story, the the lesson that we always preach is book early, book often, no matter what the situation. If you're you know, about about to board the May of the Mist or you're, you know, you get that alert in the middle of the night, you got to do it. You got to book it. Book first, ask questions later. Tell me more about your next uh, trip because this ties into something we have coming up here soon. My Austin trip, that was a, a trip that I, I just previously took and I, I talked about it a little bit. So I used some American miles, took my friends and brothers-in-law to Austin for some beer, barbecue, and Bucky's. We actually met up with a fellow moderator, Jackie. Uh, she took us one night, took us around town, ended up still still being alive at the end of the night, which, uh, <laughs> you know, Jackie, she knows how to party. She took us to a bunch of dive bars, a uh, bunch of, uh, uh, she, we went to a metal concert, which initially she didn't. She says like, oh, this is, you know, pretty, you know, how'd she frame how, how her and her P2 trained it but it, it it turned out being more hardcore than i imagined so but anyway still had a lot of fun one of the days we we checked out the the state capitol and what i call the museum of texas propaganda or the state <laughs> history museum because you know pretty much the world you know today wouldn't exist without the, without texas all the great things that they have contributed to the world and uh yeah, they really are, are very proud of that. And it is impressive. And you made it to San Antonio? We did, yes. Yeah. So one day, uh, we. so I also wanted to go to Bucky's because whenever I'm in Texas, got to go to Bucky's. And for those who are not familiar, Bucky's is probably the most incredible gas station that you will ever go to. They have, you know, probably some locations, 50, 100 gas pumps. No diesel. They don't allow, they don't allow commercial vehicles. They don't allow trucks. Inside, it's like Walmart had a baby with a convenience store. And this, this, you know, everything inside is massive. They have jerky, all sorts of goods, camping, fresh brisket, all this stuff. So we drove a little bit south of Austin to go, go there. And then we realized it's like, well, we're like halfway to San Antonio. So we might as well go to San Antonio. So we did. Went to San Antonio, checked out the Alamo, walked through the Hyatt Regency. So, so we did check out the, future venue of our uh, upcoming uh, meetup in April. Had some drinks on the Riverwalk. Absolutely amazing location. Uh, I was there years and years ago, really probably when I was too young to appreciate things and even of legal drinking age. 
but it's amazing. And, and I, I look so, so forward to our meetup because it's just, I, I think this is going to be the best one yet. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's incredible. So definitely good times there. And then the last thing, well, well, a couple of things of note is some interesting things that, that we encountered in Austin. One was a driverless car. It's this company called Cruise, which I think is a, a joint venture with General DM. Motors. Yep. Yeah. So Jackie told me about this and she hooked me up with the app because it's right now it's in beta testing and like you kind of, you have to be invited and it works just like Uber. You call this car and it shows up and it has no driver. It has all these, you know, cameras and sensors and stuff on the roof, but there's no driver. You get in, you know, you, you hit unlock on the app when it arrives, you get in the back. It's kind of like, almost like a police car. There's like a glass partition. You can't go in the front, but it drives you around and it's... <laughs> Very interesting. Sometimes the routes that it takes, it, it, you know, we went maybe like two miles and, but it probably took six because it just kept going these weird routes and loop to loops. And so it seems like still needs to go through some more testing, but we arrived safely. It was, you know, interesting experience and it didn't cost us anything because whatever, you know, cause, cause they, they, right now they're trying to prove themselves. I think, you know, the technology and prove themselves to regulatory authorities. So they gave us, they, the rides were free. So, and, and we didn't have to tip. So there's no driver. So it worked out pretty well. And then the last thing, the last robotic thing was at the Austin airport was this sunglass cleaner, which Jackie just shared in the group recently. You, you put your sunglasses in and it like, it sprays this water and like, you know, sanitizes it and then dries it. And it takes maybe like two minutes. And it completely cleans your glasses, glasses, sunglasses, whatever. So before your flight, it's, and I think it costs like five bucks. So it's, it's pretty good. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's a good time. What about you? What do you got going on? Well, I, one thing I forgot to mention on last week's episode as I was talking to Angie is that I was able to save some miles on a trip. We talked about going to Zorkfest and I mentioned this in Award Travel 201, but I didn't really talk about it in Award Travel 101, how I had these flights booked with United. And they weren't at ideal rates for me. You know, they were way overpriced, but I know that United has often been, you know, opening up their saver space last minute. So I mentioned earlier how I'm not at silver status. I should be at silver status if I had booked uh, and kept the awards as I had, but I had the opportunity to save 47,000 United miles by rebooking these things one to two days out. So. Yeah. You know, I went from paying a, a higher price and then last, you know, last minute, I say 24 to 48 hours out, they'd release some award space. In the case of my flight home, I was actually booked in first class all the way from San Francisco to Cleveland. I got upgraded complimentary at the 96th hour mark right on the money. So I, I took a risk there giving that up, but I knew that there were 12 seats still open. And so I booked myself in a second set of seats just to kind of see where I'd fall in the upgrade list. And I immediately moved to the one and two spot. So I, I was like, okay, I know I've, I've got the number one and two spot with, you know, this and I can cancel my, my existing flights and have a pretty good shot at getting upgraded. So I, I asked the question in award travel 201. And I actually, I think I maybe even put it on my Instagram or something and said, would you give up a confirmed upgrade to save miles? And most people said, no, they wouldn't. But, you know, if you know what you're looking for, you know that you can do mm -hmm. this. Of course, with yeah. United, you cannot 
basically rebook it as a the same flight. So like a lot of times with airlines, you can change your flight and you, it'll just give you your miles yeah. back. You can do that yeah. with Southwest. I think you can do that with Delta. American, I think you have to cancel and then just rebook or yeah, some goofy process. And that's yeah, I've never had luck rebooking American. I just cancel and rebook. So with United, that's exactly what we had to do as well because they won't allow you to save miles. So I, yeah. I saved miles by rebooking. And then once I was confirmed where I was at, then I canceled. So that was a way to just make sure that you know that if you're able to have a little bit of flexibility, you know that you can probably get some saver awards if you wait till close to the last minute. Of course, I'm still working on father-son trip with my dad. I had mentioned last week that we had pretty much the framework of all the flights and everything, flights and hotels set up. We're working on getting the cruise booked and we're trying to figure out exactly what we're doing. We know the cruise. We're just working to figure out how we're going to get the whole thing put together. And then the other thing is over the weekend, my wife picked up her Amex business gold card that we recently had applied for. It was a special offer I posted in Award Travel 201 as well for a 150000 business gold card offer. She got that. We spent about 30% of the minimum spending requirement on a family vacation rental for next summer and some place that she's been looking to return for a while. It was a cash booking of almost $400 per night in a three-bedroom oceanfront villa. But one of the things I did to kind of get a little something extra for it, not just knocking out the minimum spend on the card, but I it was a Verbo. And with Verbo, they do have a partnership with United. And if you go to the Verbo United partnership site, you can earn three times miles on your spend. Yeah. So it should earn something like an additional 9,000 United miles. Not that it's a huge win by any means, but it's a little something. What about America? Do any of those vacation rentals have a partnerships with Americans so you can get loyalty points? I haven't seen. You might be able to find some things like through booking, booking holdings or Expedia or something along mm-hmm. those lines. Haven't looked. This was something very specific that was available on Verbo and we didn't see it anywhere else. So I didn't really jump too far, but I did find a way to stack it. And finally, before we jump into our highlight feature, let's discuss any new bonuses. Mike, what's new? Yeah. So a couple, I mean, I think I might have talked about it. The Inc. Preferred, that that bonus posted. So I got a 100,000 ultimate rewards. But then also the great thing with the ink cards is the, I th- what I think is very lucrative referral bonuses. So I've had some, some friends actually who, who have some small businesses and they, you know, kind of see what I'm doing and, and they, you know, want to, want to generate the points. So I sent them referrals. So I got three referrals for 40,000 points each. So 120K, uh, you are. For, for just three referrals. I mean, that's like another huge sign-up bonus on itself. And that's like we've said before, that's per card. So you can get, and you can get up to 200,000. So you can get five referrals per card. So, you know, you, you, you've probably got, you know, you probably get millions of points a year with all your inks. Now, I, I don't give them out too often. Most of the time I'm giving out a group of affiliate links, but I have generated, I think, something in the neighborhood of close to 200,000, but I have the potential to generate, I think it's like 
1.6 or 1.8 million points if I actually went hard on trying to get those out there. Yeah, not, not bad. And the other card I picked up was the, the City Advantage business card. Yeah. So, you know, I was looking for another, pretty much another card, you know, preferably a business card to generate AA miles and loyalty points. So that came in handy. And actually right now, it seems like that's the only business card that's available for American. Because uh, the, the Barclays... The, the uh, Aviators has been pulled for some reason, yeah. It's, yeah, it's been pulled. So I, I think right now that's the, the only game in town. Um, so I've been um, yeah, making good use of that. I think the... Actually, I forget what the... Uh, I haven't, it hasn't posted yet. It was what, like 70,000 or 75,000? It was at 65, 65 but it's re- yeah. it recently went up to 75. Yeah, I think I may have only got it at 65, but still, you know, I, I really got it for, for that business spend and for, for the loyalty points, which you obviously don't earn on this, on the sign up bonus, but you do on the everyday spend. Cool. And then lastly, I just finished off the 15,000 on the Hilton business card for the free night award. So I actually don't, don't have that yet. That should post soon. And I always, I really like that part of the Hilton program. I think it's one of the, the best benefits as those uncapped free night awards, which I'm sure I'll put that to good use. So what about you? I haven't received any new cards recently, but I'm working towards uh, American Airlines status. And I just crossed the 175,000 loyalty point threshold, posted that in the group asking for ideas. And I see some benefits to pushing towards 250,000. I just received a special offer on my Advantage account. Looks like it might be across all Advantage cards. For the month of November, a targeted offer to earn double miles and double loyalty points. And if I push all the way to the 250,000 loyalty point threshold, there's an opportunity to earn two bonuses of the milestone benefits. So you can select up to two of those and picking another 60,000 miles might be intriguing there. Yeah, that's that's pretty, you know, pretty good threshold or pr- pretty good goal. I, I think the 250,000 is is a good goal. Overall, because not only for for those extra benefits, system wide upgrades, and you know whatever you pick, it's you know you got to remember that the the upgrade priority it's it's based on a couple of things now. It's based on status, based on the type of upgrade, and it's based on the twelve month rolling loyalty points. So you got to think you know if people also have the same mindset. You know may, maybe they're only you know they're good with just hitting two hundred k and you know sitting at executive platinum, but. You kind of want to give yourself a little more of an edge. So if you can get more, you can get, you know, a little bit over 250K. I think that could, you know, possibly put you ahead if, if the opportunity allows itself. Absolutely. So with that, let's jump over to our main highlight feature. And Mike, we're going to talk a little bit about some unique flights. Yes, yes. So actually, this topic was prompted by a unique flight that we're doing. And we have coined it the pancake run. (laughs) Because those of you who have been listeners and have been members of our group, you know, one of our uh, moderators, Eric Holly, has an affinity for Alaska Airlines and its pancake machines. And he has self-certified as a pancake machine repair technician. I, I talked to Eric a number of episodes ago. You can go back and listen to that. But I've actually never flown Alaska. And Joe, I don't think you have either. Nope. No. But they, because it's, you know, it is obviously, you know, Alaska miles are very valuable. They have used across many different partners. But obviously, you know, 
the the biggest use is flying Alaska. And being on the East Coast or, you know, near on the east side of the country, we don't really have that many routes. We have basically Cleveland, you can fly to Seattle. Pittsburgh, we can fly nonstop to Seattle, but that's pretty much it. I mean, JFK has a few few flights too, I think, to Seattle and maybe to Cal, you know, San Francisco, LA, but not much. A unique thing that they're doing in January, so normally they fly these nonstops between Seattle and Cleveland, Seattle and Pittsburgh. However, due to the, you know, the low demand season, middle of January to the middle of February, they have uh, reconfigured it as a direct flight or a triangle route where they fly one aircraft, same flight number from Seattle to Cleveland to Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh to Seattle. So basically what we're looking at is initially what we looked at it for was flying from Cleveland to Pittsburgh right? Um, on a 737, which probably does not happen often. So it's one of those unique flights. Actually, somebody referred to it as a domestic fifth freedom. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like, what, 80 to 100 miles? I mean, it's it's an hour and a half drive for me to to drive over to Pittsburgh. So, I mean, yeah. why over to uh, Pittsburgh is just ridiculous, but so it is. Yeah, we're like, well, okay, so we're going to we're gonna hop on from Cleveland to Pittsburgh. And it's like, well, then how are we going to get back to, to Cleveland? You know, rent a car or, you know, something. It's like, well, why don't we just return to Cleveland by way of Seattle? And... While we're there, why don't we meet up with Eric and, you know, maybe invite some other friends. So we're kind of make, making a weekend out of it. I think there'll definitely be some pancake machines involved, some some Av Geek stuff, because obviously Seattle, the, the home of Boeing, the Museum of Flight, a uh, n- number of different things, you know, make, make a good weekend out of it. And, you know, the funny thing is right now we're, uh, you know, being points and miles people, this actually, we've only used cash to make this booking so far. We used a, a companion fare from a benefactor with an Alaska Airlines credit card, and we paid it's like five hundred dollars for for the two of us for this. Yeah, this it was hard to justify trip. paying twenty five thousand American yeah. miles to book yeah. this versus two hundred and fifty bucks a pop. You know, one cent a point. You know, I guess one thing we had a little bit maybe greater flexibility in getting our funds back. If yeah. you know we canceled or something mm-hmm. at the last, no, minute. we're not. We're doing this. We are doing the pancake run. <laughs> but yeah, it's something that this companion fare. I guess you could look at it and said it knocked about two hundred sixty, two hundred seventy dollars off the total cost. Mm-hmm. This was not a high demand route, and we're looking to test out our American Executive Platinum status on Alaska. We already got our premium seat selections. First class is looking like it's a good possibility here because there's not a lot of mm-hmm. demand on it. So we may be yeah. buying first for a chunk of it. And yeah. Eric said he might even join us back to Cleveland. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Ho- hopefully uh, he doesn't steal our upgrades though. Yeah. But that is interesting with the with the partnership, you know, them uh, being in one world now. It's good to have those those benefits. The, the other thing is our, you know, the lounge access. So we can use our our city executive cars to get into the Alaska Lounge, which you know they've they've been clamping down like like many on their their access, so it'll be beneficial. Oh, and then the one other thing, you know, we can't just have one objective for for a trip. We are you know also being Hyatt fanboys, we're going to have the opportunity to check off another box on our Brand Explorer, which is actually one of the more elusive ones. Ironically, yeah. the Hyatt brand. Exactly. The OG Hyatt brand, generic Hyatt brand, uh, which there's like, I don't know, maybe eight in the country, Mm -hmm. a few more around the world. 
There's a property called the Hyatt Olive 8. We're going to stay there again. It's like probably in- the only Hyatt that anybody ever would recommend going to because most of the others are getting ready to go to Fleep and Choice or, you know, something yeah. more low end. Yeah, there's that, that crappy one outside O'Hare, Rosemont. Olive 8 is, will actually be my 10th on the brand explorer. Oh. So I'll earn a free night award Very nice. off of that particular mm-hmm. stay. But yeah. With that, you know, one of the things that I think we want to jump into here is some of the more unique flights like that. You know, we're taking this Mm -hmm. and we're going to join some award travel community members, at least in some parts, whether it be in Seattle or on flight, just to do something unique like this. Tell us a little bit about some of the ones that pop out to you. So some other things. So so some ones that I've done, which I actually haven't done a whole lot, I think, you know, real aspirational i have more in my bucket list but uh one of the best experiences that i've had is flying on the upper deck of a 747 so i had that opportunity twice first on lufthansa the 747-8 yeah it's business class up there and ironically the best seat in that that aircraft is in the nose in first class which where you've been but we flew business class upper deck i mean it's just a it's just an experience like no other cuz you're up there and it's like you're you're in a private jet or you know a, a small you know a private jet but a smaller jet mm-hmm. because the cabin is so you know so 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 much smaller compared to this you know massive 747 so i did that and then i also had the opportunity which i've talked about before is on british airways i had the opportunity to do one unique flight, which didn't work out, but I got reaccommodated to 747 at Heathrow and ended up getting the upper deck. And again, really fun experience because now those that whole fleet with British Airways is retired. So pretty much if you want to fly a 747, you're going to have to fly uh, Lufthansa, uh, Korean, or who else even has one left? I think China, China Airlines. I don't know. I don't really hear much about them, but yeah, pretty much Lufthansa is is going to be your best bet. So then also in the aspirational category, one, you know, I'm, I'm uh, kind of jealous of Angie for taking the, the longest flight in the world on Singapore Airlines, JF, or she flew Singapore to JFK. I might, I might do that sometime soon because now that I have a bunch of Singapore miles from a cancellation for my second iteration of Australia, I might use that for the route. I don't know if I'll have to do that solo or if I'll, I'll drag P2 or a friend along, but it's definitely definitely on my list. So that's the longest flight in the world. Then conversely, the shortest flight in the world is also on my bucket list. And I don't, I think I only know of one person, and I think he's a, he's a influencer type that has done this. It's the shortest flight in the world. It is Logan Air. It's in the Orkney Islands of Scotland. It's going from one island, Westray, to Papa Westray, and it's uh, a, a distance of 1.7 miles. Uh, I think uh, Stephen Pepper from Frequent Miler has done this as well because uh, he. Uh, oh yes, he did yeah. this on like I think they he part of his goal. They had a challenge some years back on I think it was like 40k to far away, and he he did both the longest and shortest flight in as part of that journey. Yeah, so it's you know those those dorky things but you know the neat thing about this is it, you can actually book it as part of an island hopper. So Logan Air they have, you know, there's a number of islands up there that you know they they have, you know, I think eight or nine different different flights that they fly. And they fly little aircraft. It's like thing a dash 6 or a, like a little little turboprop between these islands. And actually one of them, another very unique one is they land on a beach. The okay. runway is a beach. And if the tide is up, they can't land. So like the airport's <laughs> out of service. 
But you know, also it, it it that's one of those things. Like, I mean, for me as an av geek, like I I love that. But it's also you know one of the most beautiful parts of the world. You know, the 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 scenery, the landscapes, the the wildlife, everything is just amazing. So it's definitely you know one of those things I I want to check out. And then you know some of the other things on my list are are also island hoppers. One being the United Island Hopper, which they inherited from Continental and actually one of their subsidiaries, Continental Micronesia who used to fly in the, in that Western Pacific area. Uh, I think their, their base was, uh, their, their cub was actually in Guam, which uh, United still operates as a hub. So they have this island hopper. They fly a 737 um, from, from uh, seven different stops. I think it's like a 30-hour trip uh, from Honolulu to a bunch of islands all the way to Guam. So you can book this and, you know, basically flying, you know, it's like an hour or two between each island. And it's one of, you know, one of those, again, bucket list experiences. And then lastly, I don't know as much about this, but I heard Eric talk about it at our 201 meetup in MSP is the Alaska Milk Run. So they have these routes um, from Seattle to Anchorage with several, several options for stops in between you know, up along the uh, the coast of Alaska that you can take on on Alaska Airlines. So I, I don't know if, you know, this is a complete list, you know, probably, you know, we'll build in time, but, you know, some of these are really some of the, the things I aspire to. Yeah, um, I remember a lot of folks talking about the old Cathay Pacific Transcon. There, that was one of the ones that a lot of people, uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, I think the Concord and mm-hmm. not be flying, and that was something that a lot of people would have liked to fly. You you had an opportunity and had that A318 all business class BA1 flight mm-hmm. booked, but I know that right before the pandemic hit, that Cathay was closing down the trans. They had a seven, I think it was a triple seven across yeah. the country, and you could fly in first class. It was like a way to fly first class, and Cathay really cheap. So that was a fifth freedom route. Yeah, it was a fifth freedom route there, and that's no longer exists. And you know, we talk about like mm-hmm. the some of the deals that you could do, like with AA on the A three twenty one. You mentioned the A three twenty one T, which the American is phasing out and supposedly getting rid of next year. So, uh, well, which modifying. Was, well, they're they're gonna they're not gonna have first class. They're gonna go to like a business yeah. plus or something. So, you know what a deal that was to be able to book with Eddie Hod Miles that you know just twenty five thousand points apiece. So, you know, lots of opportunities to fly unique things like that. I think one of the interesting things and why people really jump on these and get real av geeky about it is because in real life. Most of these things are things we'd never be able to fly without some version of travel rewards. Some of these may be cash-only flights. Of course, you know, that shortest flight in the world, I'm guessing there's not too many award travel options unless you... I don't think Logan Air is on the transfer part of the matrix. Yeah, unless you cash out your Capital One miles or something to, to pay for something like that. But if you, you know, I would have never in my life flown, you know, Polaris on, you know, a 787-10 Dreamliner had it not been for miles and points. I would have never flown Emirates on the A380 upper deck and gotten to do the bar and do first class if it had not been for miles and points. Would have never done Lufthansa first class. And you want to talk about feeling like you're in a private jet while the cabin itself felt a little more older than the Emirates first class cabin. The actual space and and the flare felt very uppity, and you know it's 
very in, impressive feeling for somebody who's used to flying discount budget airlines on like Frontier and Spirit to be flying something like that that you would have never dreamed possible in a million years had it not been for miles and points. So with that, Mike, we'll jump into our tip of the week. And I want to share with the group how Card Pointers has really come in clutch and helped save hundreds of dollars for me. I talked about how we were able to utilize this during Amex membership week, and I saved $500 uh, combined between Lowe's and Dell, you know, stacking these offers. Uh, more recently, I was able to use it at Spirit Halloween and and doubled up the offers and used it on both of my wife's cards. So it's something that I think, you know, I've known about for a while, but I guess I didn't really realize the full power of what was behind card pointers and the fact that being able to track all these different offers and being able to look at which cars they're attached to and, and being able to use multiples of these makes your card inventory so much more valuable oh yeah because you know what one of the biggest pains that i've i have is you know managing the mx coupon book and the offers like i don't i've probably left a lot of money on the table because i haven't activated offers but this really makes it so easy and you know it does just kind of hack it where you can add multiple offers to or the same offer to multiple cards which typically you you can't do um so yeah i've saved a few bucks i'm actually um Utilizing one, um, it actually made the difference for me. I have an upcoming Hilton stay from using points to paying cash because I had an Amex offer for like 80 bucks off for, for Hilton. And, and that really, I think made the, made using points less favorable. So in that case, you know, cash, cash made sense thanks to the Amex offer. Now, if you want to check out more on card pointers, check out our link for a. Nominal fee, you can get a lifetime subscription that'll save you way more than the subscription ever will cost. And learn more about card pointers in that link. Mike, I think that wraps up the episode. Folks can find us in the Award Travel 101 community. We do have over 100,000 plus members. And I just had a post come out recently on some of the things that we're going to be doing and giving away for folks just kind of as a celebration for achieving that milestone 100k giveaway yeah can't wait also if you want to jump into more immediate or advanced strategies our world travel 201 community filled with those who want to dig into the weeds to look for more outsized value and if you want to book time with our team to discuss how to better your earning and burning strategies check out award travel one-on-one -on -one, our consulting service to walk you through any kind of strategies that you're looking to utilize you can also email us at contact awardtravel at gmail.com and finally if you're interested in joining us in san antonio for our spring meetup in beautiful downtown san antonio by the riverwalk Join the waitlist and we'll reach out to you if a ticket becomes available. Yes, I almost can guarantee that that meetup will be absolutely incredible. So hop on if you're still interested. And finally, support the Award Travel 101 community when applying for your next rewards card. Thank you so much for joining us and safe travels. Take care. Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs>